As we open the door to mystery and suspense, we see a light at the end of the hallway. A steady thump is not an unseen entity in the walls. It is your own heart beating. Come further and be enveloped in the light of Schlock Shock Radio. Breathing in the stale air of the dark morning, you sense a malignant scent of chaotic dissolution, of skin tightening over still and lifeless bones. The fear of your own end comes to mind instantly, and the breath you take carries with it a foreboding sense of doom. No longer can you ignore the dangers that lurk within and without, for they have found you in the halls, bearing down upon you, in the miserable hell that has proven to be your only sanctuary. Trapped you are, with death at the door, in the merciless monolithic manner known to the world by many names. The pillar point, the overlook outpost, the terminus tempus, the end of the road. But to you, you will know it simply as Moorwood, the devious dwelling of the Dormant. Chapter 3, Over Your Shoulder. Awake in the dark. It will be difficult to sleep for our beleaguered and diminished guests, mourning for the loss of a friend and a loved one, both having swiftly been met with a gruesome end. The presence of the mysterious stranger, Mr. Larry Seaton, does little to alleviate the tensions and uncertainty, and with the threat of an unknown force waiting tentatively at their heels, the eyes of paranoia begin to seek their most likely suspects, for anything could happen when you think you're alone. As I suspected, they're taking longer than they should. Philip, be patient. They've only been gone less than an hour. I know, but I wouldn't believe two men like William and Mr. Seaton moving Roger and Edward out would be an arduous chore. Says the only man in this room not helping with corpse removal. Vera, for heaven's sake, keep your voice down. <laughs> Poor Ethel. <laughs> She's been staring out the window crying since the men left. I wish she hadn't seen Roger like that when she came too. It's a sobering thought, poor dear. I remember my first husband's fatal accident involving a large chemise vase. Shattered it to pieces. Him as well. What she needs is a stiff belt, just like I did. Vera, would you be considerate to shut your godforsaken trap just once? Pity the man with the stiff upper lip. This party is becoming a downer anyway. God help that woman. I know. I've offered to go with them, but I felt it best to stay here and guard the women. Sometimes I wish I could just belt her in the kisser. Not Vera. <laughs> Ethel. Mrs. Brady, would you be more comfortable to sit with me? No. No, child. I, I just want to be left alone for a moment. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I'll be right here if you need anything. <laughs> I can't imagine what she's going through. Roger was so young, 
so promising. Now it's all vanished. Brutally. Savagely. There's one savage-looking brute amongst us I could imagine doing this. Oh, not again. Larry is not savage, and he is not a murderer. Why, if he wanted to brutally murder me, he had ample time to do so when he came into my room. Thank God he did, with that thing lurking and watching us. It was like a nightmare. No need to convince me. He's still as much a danger to us as that creature they took out of here. Straight to the point, we know nothing of him or why he broke in here. There's much we don't know about this place. And it's only getting deadlier the more we stay here. Huh. Here, what are you doing? Here on the floor. It's that red soot. Same as the stuff in the kitchen. Oh, wonderful. Now she's preparing to dust the floor. <sighs> Our supports are getting limited for sure, but we can't go out in the storm again until the caretakers come back Monday morning. Seeing as how we can't even phone our way out means we're stuck here until then, so we have to keep our wits about each other. Those cable lines I saw when we came up here must lead to a telegraph in here somewhere. If only we could... Oh! I'm sorry, Emily. I didn't mean to sneak up on you like that. I just... I can't seem to sit still. <sighs> it's all right, Lucy. Come join us. My word, you're shivering all over. It's those things, miss. Things? That dwarf creature, like the one I found in the cage. The one William shot in the hallway. Yes? What about it? I... I have a terrible feeling there's... There's more of them in this place waiting. Oh, my dear, don't make yourself anxious. It's clearly reasonable to see only one of those creatures was lurking about. Probably some leftover captive from a wild expedition trapped here all alone to starve. Once you found it in its cage, it saw you as food and broke loose. Now that it's dead, we simply have nothing to fear. It still doesn't change this awful feeling I have. And now with Dr. Brady, Mr. Cleese, it's unbearable. Now come here, Lucy. It's all right. Larry and William will be back soon. What's that? Who's that? There. That should do it. Oh, Larry, William. Thank heaven. <laughs> we, we were starting to get concerned you ran into trouble. W was there trouble? None. We moved them into separate rooms and locked the doors. Larry, uh, Mr. Seaton, thought it best to take the ape down to the dining room and tie it up to the large table. Just in case, he said. I kept my eye on him the whole time. Much obliged, William. Yes, William. You did a good job. We took care of the bathroom and the hallway as best we could. Not a sight of any of those things lurking about. See, Lucy, there's nothing to fear. Why did you tie it down, Mr. Seaton? Like William said, I had my suspicions. Between two dead bodies and a resurrected corpse, we don't know what we're dealing with here. Precisely my point, indeed. With you added to the matter, it doesn't make our prospects any better. Look, I don't pretend to like it much here either. But I don't see how pointing fingers helps the situation. Something bad is happening here. We have to face that. He's right, Philip. We can't assume anything at this point. We need to face facts. Facts, yes. Well, where do we start? Did you question Miss Hamilton about whether she heard or saw anything coming from her bathroom around the time Mr. Cleese drowned? No, they did not question me, and I'm insulted to find myself a part of a conversation I wasn't invited to. Vera, did you see Edward or anybody else go into your bathroom? Only in my dreams, dears. If I saw anything like that at the time, I would have assumed it to be a vexation of heavy intoxication. I remember hearing... Yes? 
I believe it was... a whale. Cawing in the middle of the night. Oh, bloody good hell. If it weren't for finding Dr. Brady in such a hideous fashion, I believe suicide for poor Mr. Cleese. But it just doesn't feel right, sir. I admire your viewpoint, but I still have no clue what to believe. Speaking of Roger, what did you do with the... the, uh... Oh, yes, sir. I have it right here. The hatchet. Cleaned off, of course. Best if I didn't leave it lying around, I reasoned. Well, what about the gun? William felt it best to keep that out of untrustworthy hands as well. I see that to be a sound and sane choice, but what do you suppose we do now? Sleep will be my fellow tonight. You'd sleep through hell, woman. If it was warm enough. No, she's right. We're all on edge and preoccupied. We won't get far on what little we have now. If you would consider it, I think the women should all sleep here, in this room. Two of us men should stand guard with the hatchet and gun, if necessary, with the other resting up a bit. You really think I'm going to sleep with you standing guard outside? You befuddle me mad. I'll stay out in the hall with either you or William watching me. You two can switch posts during the night. I'll remain outside till morning. What do you say? It's a decent offer, Philip. And very obliging on his behalf. I'd be alright with it, Mr. Seaton. Call me Larry. Alright. I'll be sure to keep an eye on you, sir, firsthand. William, can you take charge in two hours? Best we start soon. You're quite right. I'll settle myself in the corner, Miss Emily. Nonsense, William. The sofas in here will be just fine for your company. Rather late slumber party with no nightcaps to wear. Oh, do shut up, Vera. Late in the night, the halls of Moorwood remain silent, sleeping with constant drones of the storm pushing against the walls outside. Two hours have long since passed, and the fatigued Philip Morley has retired gladly for the night, leaving the care of Larry Seaton to the intimidating hands of William Landor, the loyal driver, keeping watch on not only the doors guarding Miss Emily Taylor and her party, but on Mr. Seaton himself proves no challenge for the gallant boss man. But long are the dark hours that await them, for soon enough, William has reached his conscious limit and succumbed to the lovely velvet veil known as... Sleep. <clears throat> what? What happened? <clears throat> I'm sore. Me? Oh. Criminy. Resting my eyes there a bit. Can't seem to... Hey, where is he? Seaton! Seaton! Where are you? I hear you, Seaton. I hear you clear as a bell. You're in there, aren't you, Seaton? I'm coming in. Whether you're ready or not. Hmm. This is Mr. Cleese's room. Wonder what. Hey! Get away from him! Get off me! What the hell do you think you were doing? I'm not harming anybody. I was just getting a look at the victim's body there on the bed. Getting a look, eh? I bet you were. Straightening him out so there's no evidence, I suspect. You're wrong. I wasn't planting evidence. I was looking for evidence. Yeah, well, you could have fooled me. Wanna bet? Here, see for yourself. There on the body, where I was checking. 
Think I'm gonna go fall for that old bit? Look, will ya? Just look at his back. There. God, what the hell happened to him? Something I suspected all along. Did you do that? Come off it. Stop and take a closer look. I had to remove his shirt to even see it. Whatever it was, it was able to do it clean under the clothes. Oh, it's grotesque. The size of that hole. It's like somebody carved right into his back. Something did, and it left its fingerprints of a sort. Right on the edges of the hole, see? They look like claws. Sharp, small claws slashing right through the skin. Small, but deadly. Perhaps belonging to our furry little friend tied up downstairs. But why? And how? Look, there's not even a trace of blood in the hole. It's almost, if, it's almost as if he's been dried out. Hollowed out. There's no mistaking it. This was done recently. How do you know? When we hauled him out of that tub, his back was fully intact. No hole. You could feel it was still solid when we carried him in here. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. I would have noticed right away carrying him like that. But it doesn't make any sense. We killed that thing right after we found Mr. Cleese. It makes perfect sense. Something we missed. Like what? What did we miss? Something like the eyes watching us on the other side of the bed. What? Good Lord! Shh. Be still. It's been here all along. Looking over the edge of the bed. Those eyes watching us. It's here for the body. We might have a chance. What do you mean, chance? <laughs> Jesus, God! It leapt right up on the body. It's claiming its prize, like a true predator. It won't take its eyes off us. What do we do? In your pocket, the lighter. The one I was about to lift. What? Take your lighter out, slowly. Moving's making it angry. Just trust me. Slowly, flick it open. Now, when I say... He's moving! Light it! That did it. He's blinded by the light. Go, out the door. Hurry! God, that little thing was mighty pissed. His claws could cut through flesh, but I'm pretty sure it can't swipe through two inches of solid oak. There's more of them. I know. What the... It sounded... sounded like... Like a whale. Miss Hamilton. What the hell was that? I don't know. Felt like it came from below. God's sake, Seaton. What the hell do we do? For starters, it's Larry. After witnessing what we saw in there, I think we have to make sure. What are you saying? I'm saying, let's go check out that other body. The sun peeks through the shrinking black of night, and a new dawn is upon us. Without incident, the guests have awoken from their slumber, not totally undisturbed, but rested. 
Their stomachs, however, like Edward Cleese's back, are hollow and unnourished, and so after finding no one in the hall, albeit for a solitary note pinned to the door, bidding their presence in the dining hall, their destination seems to lie where hunger would have led them to under more auspicious circumstances. Robes tied, slippers slipped, and yawns aplenty, our players now found themselves before the grand entrance to the dining room, where a knock at the door greets them with... Come in. Why, William and Larry, what made you shut us out? I assumed you wrote this note we found? We did. We weren't sure when you would be awake, and we had a lot of work to do before you all came down. Everyone come in. All in here, quick. William, I hope you have a good explanation for this. And plenty of bacon. Look, Mr. Morley, I can't explain anything until you all see what we discovered last night. Now please... Gather around the table. Everybody. Ah! That... that thing is there! Oh, Lucy, you poor dear. Why is that animal still tied to the table like that? Quite horrid and obscene, if I'm to be asked. I'm not eating that, cooked or uncooked. Ladies and gentlemen, please. Your lives may depend on this. Now each of you stand around. You all need to get a good look at what we're about to show you. Even the women. I apologize, Miss Lucy. And Mrs. Brady. It's unpleasant, but I assure you, necessary. William, if I had a good mind, I'd say your tone is grounds for termination. Oh, Philip, look at them. They're serious about this whatever it is they want to show us. Let's hear them out, at least. May I skip the line reading to find a piece of toast somewhere in this place? Do have some sense, Vera. Mrs. Brady, before we begin, I'm sorry, but I must ask you to assist us. I know you want to be as far away from this thing as humanly possible, but out of all of us, you're the only one with a medical background we have here. Why do you think she would want to help you? Can't you see this sad woman's been through enough? No. No. See? She doesn't want to do it. I want to. I want to see what killed my... What killed my Roger. (laughs) This is monstrous. She wants to do it, Mr. Morley. I'm not forcing her. You might as well, singling her out like that. Philip, stop. You're only making it worse. Why am I... Please, Mr. Morley, sir. Oh, devil take you all. Mrs. Brady, please stand over here, if you may. All right. Now, before we begin, I'd like to admit to several points I want to make. Points William and I have discussed and checked up on in these matters. Some of these points we agree on, others we don't. By now, by making individual studies and witnessing firsthand by observation and logic... I feel that the theories I have regarding these dwarves, these dormant creatures, will for certain unravel the truth. Very nice speech. Now, can we get on with this silliness? And breakfast. I'm just stating what all of this is about, of what we hope to find, and what we need to do to stop it. Stop what, Larry? First, I'd like to explore one fact we need to establish in order to move forward. Now, Mrs. Brady. Ethel. Ethel. Would you be brave enough to examine this creature's bone structure? bones? Whatever for. Please, Ethel. It'll be very helpful for us, and helpful in finding your husband's murderer. The devil indeed. All right. I'll do it. It's all right, Mrs. Brady. It's dead. I know. It's just the hair on its body. It's odious. Now see here. This has gone far enough. Philip, if you don't shut up right now, I'll loosen that tongue of yours and cook it for breakfast. Here, here. Sorry. Try, Ethel, please. Hmm. 
What do you think? How did the bones feel? It's funny. The width of the bone is almost normal. Normal by human standard, but somehow... <gasps> somehow this creature's bone density is less than a chicken's. They break easily, almost like slightly stout wings. I've never seen anything like that in an animal this size. Could it be because it's dead? No. Death would have nothing to do with the density of the bones at all. Not for a while, anyhow, after eventual breakdowns in any normal species we know of, anyway. And by the width of the bones alone compared to the rest of the body, this creature's whole bodily structure appears to have no real concentration of protein. Almost as if it, it's been long drained. Like bears? Lucy. When they hibernate, bears have to use their body fat to survive all the months that they sleep. You're saying it's been hibernating? I wouldn't say for certain, but the form and the structure seems to match that description of Lucy's. So they've been hibernating. No wonder no one's ever seen these things. Probably some relative of those mythic yetis people have been writing about in the pulps. Real or mythic, I believe we have our first answer. Thank you, Ethel. You're welcome. Larry, William, why are you looking at each other that way? It's as if you've discovered Pandora's box. Miss, I can't readily believe some of the things Larry has been telling me. But this... It's starting to add up. Add up to what? Eggs? Vera, one more word. Precisely, Vera. What? I think that's a great idea, actually. We would all do well by moving these proceedings to where we store the eggs. Ladies and gentlemen, follow William and I to the kitchen. Well, here we are. And what blasted confathomable are you going to pull out of your respected rear end now, Mr. Seaton? Listen, your friend, Mr. Morgan, he hasn't left the pantry since we locked him up yesterday. Poor Gordon. It's unbearable to think what I did to him. I still don't believe you shot him, Emily. And I wouldn't venture to guess what horrible state he's in either way. The man I knew seems long gone. What are we doing here, Larry? Very glad you asked, Lucy. I think it's best that we let our friend, Mr. Gordon, out for a bit of air. What? You're joking. Not in the least. We're going to open that door and let him out. For what purpose, you insipid madman? To see if he's carrying something. Something that's locked away, deep inside. I don't fancy riddles much, Larry. <gasps> Good lord, that's Gordon. Quiet. He's saying something. He's lost his mind. He's uttering gibberish. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm not so sure. Will, get ready, okay? Better be right about this. Stand there, besides the door. I'll take the other side. On three. Larry, what are you going to do? Stand back, everyone. He might lunge towards you. Ready? Yeah. One. Two. Three. Grab his arms. I've got him. Pin him down, right now. The fellow's in pain. Stop that, he's my friend. Get back. 
Not yet. Stay back. Philip, stay here. Emily, make him stop. His cries, they're horrible. Everybody stay back. We've got him. Okay, get ready. I'm going to lift up his jacket and get to the shirt. My what? Now see here, it's bad enough to force men down, but to steal his clothes straight off his body is crossing a most unbelievable line. He's not stealing, sir. Look. There. Do you see it? Right where I knew it would be. Good God Almighty. What is that sticking out of his back? It's furry. It's the fur. From that animal in the dining room. What do you mean, Ethel? I'm saying that's the very same animal. Burrowed right in the center of Gordon's back. She's right. See, Will? The same claw marks. This is what our little friend was trying to do to Edward's body when we found it. It's, it's mad. Pure madness. Why would it do that? Why would it claw its way into Mr. Richmond's back like that? For the same reason I told you. For the same reason I'm going to tell all of you. Come on, let's get him back inside the pantry. We'll lock the door and make our way back to the dining room. I think I may just have the answer to all of this. Lucy, sit with me. Madness. All of this. Pure madness. All right. Now I'm going to level with you all. When looking at what we've just seen, I'm certain that what I'm about to tell you is not only valid, but also vital. What we're dealing with here is far more insidious, far more deviant, and far darker than we could ever imagine. Larry, please get to the point and start telling us what this all means. I'm about to. Will, the hatchet. You kept that hatchet from poor Roger's head inside your coat? Lord knows what else he's carrying under there. Thanks. Now, another point. Drawn from two other points, come into a full triangle. And this hatchet is the top of the triangle. God, get this man a typewriter. I think he wants to script this speech of his. Now, Philip, you're a strong man, right? Good arms, good muscle. Must be tough carrying that weight around your midsection, but you still get along, am I right? You will insult me no further. Right you are. Now, settle down and hear me out. And pardon me, Ethel, but this might be unsettling. Proceed. Now, a strong arm, probably adept to many things, could carry this hatchet around with little effort. It's light, it's small, but it's tough, just like its owner. What are you getting at? We assume the hatchet found its way into Dr. Brady's skull by way of our little friend on the table there. Aside from myself, no one here found anybody or anything suspicious other than the miserable dwarf Will killed last night. Found in the room where Roger was viciously done away with. But say, for some reason, this hatchet couldn't be lifted. Just couldn't quite find the weight to lift it properly. As if it wasn't really as strong as it looked. Get me? Not one bit. Ethel, what kind of an arm would be able to lift this hatchet up and swing it down on a man's head enough to split it down the middle? Forgive the description, but what kind of arm would that be? Not an arm that could break so easily. Exactly. Just like our little friend there. Easily broken, easily beaten. The devilish fiend could have thrown the hatchet at Roger. Do you know how much strength it would take to throw an object so hard that it would carve itself so deeply into someone's head? Much more than that little thing could muster without breaking its own arms. They were mighty operable when they tried to grab onto my back last night. Exactly again. Hold on, Larry. If that's true, then how was it able to... to... bake a hole inside Gordon through flesh and bone if it couldn't even lift a simple hatchet? 
That I can't explain. But nevertheless, it found its way inside your Fred and Gordon just as easily as if it were nesting. Will and I witnessed this ourselves last night, when we found another one of those dwarves with Edward, sporting a big hole large enough to roost in his back. You're saying they're nesting inside? Inside us? For what bloody reason would they do that? What you saw in the kitchen just now, along with what we see tied up on this table here, is the product of the same process that ended with Roger's death. I believe without a doubt, now with the evidence before us, that this creature and the creature that once was Gordon Richmond are one and the same. You mean to tell us that thing burrowed into Gordon so that... so that... So that it could become Gordon. This is unbelievable. I... I can't... Larry, this is ludicrous. What you're saying is ludicrous. It's all apparent, Emily. What Lucy found in the cellar. How Gordon survived your shooting. How these creatures could move about so easily. These fiends among us are taking over these bodies. And perhaps, maybe more. I can't believe we're actually listening to this. Larry, I'm not stupid. I know what you're trying to get at. The hatchet, Gordon, those things, all of it. You're saying that... That one of... That one of us, taken over by one of those dormant devils, is the killer whose work we witnessed last night. Madness. Every bit of it. How dare I be accused? We can't say for certain that... God, what if it's true? I can't. I can't believe this. This is... This is not happening. I believe him. William, what on earth? I believe him. It's hard to say it, but... I said it anyway. These things are real. I've seen it myself. All of what he said. I couldn't believe it at first. But the moment I remembered seeing those staring green eyes, that creature looking right at me. Something unknown. Something awful. I knew the truth would be just as such. I believe him. I really do. God help me. Great. Two of the same madness. What can we possibly do now? To think that one of us... One of us could be lying right now. One of us with those things lurking behind our backs. In the truest sense. We have no choice. We have to check everyone to see if there's one of them inside. Preposterous notion with an even more unlikely follow-through. It's insane, but what if... What if he's right? It could be any one of us who killed Edward and Roger last night. Poor Roger. Ethel. Ethel? Where did Ethel go? She's gone. Why did she go? Look! The door to the hall is open! Everyone stay here. She must have been scared off and ran. Philip? No bloody wonder she scared the miserable louse. Philip. Yes, Emily, what? Over... over your shoulder. There's... Oh God! It's one of them! It's over your shoulder! She's right! It sees us! Oh my god! Philip! Stop screaming! It's not him. It's that thing. He's taken over him already. Run! Run! Get away from him! He's coming after us. Run! Through the door! Hurry! Scatter! Quickly! He can't chase us all. Through the halls! Hurry! He's not gaining. Faster! Here! Down this hall! Wait! I lost Lucy! She made it out. I saw her run with Vera and Will. Come on! We've got to keep moving. 
Here, round this corner. Gordon! He got out. Other way. How? How did he get out? You locked the door. I did. I really did. He's gaining on us. Hurry, round here. Now stay. Quiet. He'll find us. Be still. He's gone. They may be fast, but we can lose him in these halls. Damn. What now? Will. He has my gun. I've got nothing for us. We'll have to find him. It'll take forever going through this whole place looking for him. Maybe. Something in my pocket. Could have sworn. I can't... I can't believe Philip murdered Edward and Roger. Why do you say that? You saw it yourself. Hell, you even said it was one of us. I just... I can't begin to believe it was Philip all along. It wasn't. What? Why not? Emily, believe me. I've seen many things in my life. Many things. But what we just saw now reminded me of something else I've seen before. Which is? What we just saw was a diversion. They wouldn't reveal themselves like that so simply. Not out in the open like Phillips did. Unless either they had no choice or, or wanted us distracted long enough to hide what we were looking for. All right, I've heard enough. Now I want you to tell me straight out how the hell you know all this and why you're keeping it from us. You want to know why? You really do? Because this isn't the first time I fought them, that's why. Your pocket. Something fell out. No, don't! What is this? It looks like a box. A shiny black little box. It's not important. Give me that. Nuh-uh, no. Not this time, Buster. Now either you tell me what this is this very moment, or you no longer have my trust. You won't believe me. I have so far. (sighs) Fine. You want to know what this is? It's... It's what? It's... Emily, listen to me. It's... What I'm trying to say is... It's not exactly from around here. Oh my god. You know what I'm going to say already, don't you? My god, Larry. Behind you. What? In the doorway, right behind you. Jesus. Three, four, five of those dormant staring right at us. We're trapped. No, we're not. Emily, you've got to trust me. When I tell you run, you run as fast as you can. Larry, what the hell are you going to do? Like I told you, Emily, run! Run! Tune in next time when we visit this macabre tale amidst the shadowy halls of Moorwood, again in the fourth thrilling chapter, The Green Portal. Schlock Shock Radio, in association with Midnight Prestige. Tonight's presentation, The Dormant, was written and created by Nathan Pinsonalt, starring Stephen Snowden as Larry Seaton. Stacy Pinsonalt as Emily Taylor, Scott Gliney as Philip Morley, Genesis Rodriguez as Lucille Combs, Chris Jarowski as William Landor, Owen Pano as Roger Brady, Dore C as Ethel Brady, Alex Jules James as Vera Hamilton, Nathan Pinsonalt as Edward Cleese, Jacob Hilston as Gordon Richmond, Schluck Shock Radio Introduction by Sean P. Metty. And I 
Anthony Gavtakis, your humble narrator. Until next time, stay out of the dark. Thank you.